1: But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, You create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.
2: time for the 49ers rush podcast Welcome to another edition of the 49ers roster countdown we have number 49 uh <laughs> 1 through 90 or i guess 90 through 1 defensive tackle new addition Hassan Ridgeway going to be wearing Jersey number 98 and he came into the league as a tweener defensive tackle defensive end. He was six three three Oh five and (laughs) he ballooned. You know, he was a basketball convert player um, from Mansfield, Texas, you know, just, You know, south of Dallas-Fort Worth, and, you know, he was a ball player. He didn't start playing football until his sophomore year in high school, and it was very evident right off the bat. I actually coached against this kid um, a few years. We were in the same district as them uh, whenever I was coaching for Duncanville, and, man, he popped off the tape. You know, he was a defensive end back then in high school, and was just—he was huge, but you could tell— it's what he could be. Um, and so it took him a while to kind of settle in his role into his body and role. You know, six three, three oh five. This is his seventh season. My guess is, you know, they don't reweigh players and make that public. They usually stay with their combine weight. My guess is he's much closer to three twenty five, three thirty now. His frame is just gigantic shoulders, body, everything. I mean, he was built to be able to add this weight on there. So he's twenty seven years old, entering into his seventh season. Um you know, went to the University of Texas, majored in applied learning and development, and minored in social work. This dude's got a freaking heart on him. Um, you know, just really, really cares about people and education and things like that. Went to Texas. Uh, hook him, baby. And, you know, I'll say this whenever you get these guys, again, another uh, Big 12 all-honor roll guy, uh, you know, uh, commissioners honor a roll in 2014, like, the dude is smart, intelligent, and seems to have a very, very caring heart on him, so if you look at what he did, some of the honors, you know, he was an all-state player in high school, played in the 2012 U.S. Army All-American Bowl, moved from D defensive end to defensive tackle in the 2013 season and you know kind of his issues in the NFL he's had a lot of injuries uh there's no doubt about that like he was drafted you know i think he was drafted in the 4th round by the Colts number 116 overall and it just kind of learn really quick he's a role guy and that's not an insult you know he, some people are role guys they have a defined thing that they do well and they don't really do much outside of that and that's kind of who Husan Ridgeway is he is a run stuffer a penetrating run stuffer always plays on the opposing you know offensive line side of the ball which has a value in the NFL and I'm excited to have him because this is something the 49ers have missed big time you know you think about Contavious Street number 95 he's taking his job. And when the Bravo group, the backup defensive line group would step in, things would get bad because the defensive tackles would get pushed back into the face of the linebackers, And that's when Fred Warner struggled is because he was dodging guys. So um, if, here for this one, you know, I did two Patreon video breakdowns and I'm going to throw, if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of watch this film. I'm putting it up in the square there. Um, now, if you're one of the people that's like, man, why isn't the screen, the whole entire screen? I want to see more of this. Uh, again, this is just a little added extra thing. I have two full breakdowns of his game up on Patreon. So if you want to go watch those two full breakdowns, uh, just Google 49ers, Patreon, where the first channel that shows up, or go to patreon.com slash 49ers Rush Podcast. And as soon as you join, you get access to over 200 breakdowns, including two uh, that I just recently put up, just put one up today over there on Hassan Ridgeway. And again, this is game film. And kind of what you see with his play, it's not highlights. He's not a highlight guy, but he's somebody that occupies offensive linemen and is always on the correct side of the line. So um, always moving forward, never retreating. Now, if we look at his athletic profile, he ran the, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. You know, you look at his spider graph. He's either really good or really bad at everything. <laughs> uh, his forty-yard dash was a five point zero two, which is in the top sixty-six percent, so that's good. Bench press, uh, you had twenty-four reps, that's average. Three cone, he had one of the worst three cones in the history of the combine, eight point two eight. And again, this is he's not a pass rusher. That's not he's not he doesn't have any bend. He doesn't have hip flexibility. That's not what he is. He is a power. He is a bulldozer that moves forward no matter who's in front of him. He's not swim moving. He's <laughs> he's not doing DE stunts and all that stuff. No, no, no. This is a first, second down run stuffer that you can rely on consistently. That's the thing about him. His tape, if you're watching this, consistent. Um His vertical, he jumped 32 inches, which is the top 80%. His broad jump, which was 113, was the top 90%. So all of his strength's in the lower body, and he doesn't have shiftiness. It's just power. That's what he brings. He's a baller, right? So he's been jumping his whole life. Now, his athletic profile, the closest match was Javon Hargrave, who he was backing up for the Eagles it's so like again he doesn't have the twitch that Jay Von Hargrave has but very similar powerful big body um and you know again teams have a type right so <laughs> the fact that he was backing up the player that he was the closest comp with I think tells a story um now you look at his contract it's 1.8 million they brought him in on a one-year 1.8 million. he can make up to 2.5 million he's 27 years old fourth rounder Now, let's go through his NFL career, because this is his seventh season. He was drafted number 116 overall in the fourth round by the Colts in 2016. And it didn't take much to kind of figure out what he he was for. You know, played in 16 games his rookie year, five starts. You know, two tackles for loss, one and a half sacks. Like, played 40% of the snaps, right? Second year, 13 games, five starts. Played 16% of the snaps. Had an injury. Next, game, next year, 2018, five games, one start, 6% of the snaps, got injured. Then he gets traded for a seventh-round pick, right? So didn't look great, going from the Colts to Philly. Well, he fulfilled a role for Philly that they really liked. They kept bringing him back on one-year deals. 24% of the snaps in 2019, 12% of the snaps in 2020, he got injured again. And in 2021, 33% of the snaps, played in every game. That's who he is uh like he is a backup 20 percent play snap that's what he's going to continue to do um you know he's a one-year player that's just a mercenary that's going to bounce around for teams that want depth and value offensive line look at the three teams he's played for Colts huge amount of capital draft I mean shoot they traded for you know DeForest Buckner it's the same staff there they value defensive line. Philadelphia Eagles, guess what? I would argue with the 49ers, maybe one of the deepest defensive line groups in the NFL. Then he goes to the 49ers, one of the deepest defensive line groups in the NFL. So for teams that put a value on defensive line depth, this guy's going to have a job. And I think he's going to be around for a while. And I think he's going to make this roster because one, the amount of money that they gave him, he does his job well. So 12 career starts, 65 games played, and if you just compile his stats, one of my favorite things about him, two blocked point uh, after an attempt touchdown. So, you know, he blocked two field goals. That's huge. Um, You know, he's got 13 career tackle for loss, nine and a half sacks, 19 quarterback hits, 43 pressures, and again, all of his pressures, if you're watching this, we're seeing one right now. His pressures are, I'm just bulldozing, man. <laughs> I'm just running you into the quarterback. That's what he is. And he's going to be on the Bravo group, the backup defensive line group, going to replace number 95, which I'm super excited about. And, you know, he's a three-tech that can play in the A-gap if you want to. So if you're looking at kind of what he can do, listen to these these breakdown and snaps. 252 snaps as a three-tech 86 snaps in the A-gap, and 57 lined up over the tackle. So he's a three-tech guy, and that's kind of where he's going to be. Now, what does it look like? Is he making the roster? Yes, I think that he is. Uh, Just because the amount of money that he got, it would almost be a complete wash if the 49ers did cut him. Um, Not going to be a practice squad guy, seventh year. Like, there is a space in the NFL for this guy um now taking the film down as we conclude this video and if you want to go watch those again just head over to patreon that's where everything is um you watch both those now he's going to be a a, a key role you're not going to probably even know his name you're not going to notice he's out there except for the fact when you see him number 98 he's in the offensive backfield that's his job he'll come in for two snaps and then on third down he'll come out and on long drives in the second and fourth quarter, that's when you will see him. But he will play a role. He's been taking mostly the second team snaps. Um, you know, uh, in camp, which again, that tells you a lot. That Maurice Hurst, you know, he's getting snaps ahead of him. Kevin Givens is getting snaps ahead of him. They are much more three down linemen. This guy is just a role. He plays a role. And that's what he's going to continue to do. I'm excited to have him. I think that this is one of the small kind of detail signings that paints a picture of this 49ers team. Depth, depth at one of the most key positions defensive line. You're not running on this Bravo group like you used to. And that's why I like this signing. Um, so, Hassan Ridgway, welcome to the 49ers. Excited to have him. Excited to watch him. And he's going to help those linebackers be much better players um, on those long extended drives. Hopefully, they don't get too many long extended drives against us. But that's where it is. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into a 1000 For over ten rebounds, Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three pointers made. You get a pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ers for a deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Over on Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
3: You know how to book flights and hotels. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator ten for ten percent off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: With maybe the backup quarterback number forty-eight quarterback Nate Sudfeld, he's wearing jersey number seven, and he's a big one—a six-foot-six, two hundred twenty-seven pounds. Uh, he's a big cat. Has he's kind of been. <laughs> he comes from a long family line of football players. Uh, both he has two twin brothers, both played in the NFL, or both played college ball. One of them went on to the NFL, and he is Nate Sudfeld is entering into his eighth season. Um, he is he 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 checks almost every single box as your vet, backup slash coach slash whatever, except for playing time. Um, never really received a lot of playing time, but man. He has been around some coaches, you know, the GM that drafted, him. we'll get more into this, Scott McLaughlin, John McVay, like he's been with some cats, you know, Jay Gruden, he's been around the block, won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. We'll detail all that, but before we do that and talk about what his role for the 49ers is going to be in 2022, let's dive into his history. Let's go through kind of how he got to where he is and why every single coaching staff he's been with has loved him. Um, he's from Modesto Christian and uh, Modesto, California. Uh, he was a three star recruit and eventually chose Indiana. But before that, let's go through his high school because it, there's a lot of texture to this kid. um, You know, he played for Steve Gleason at Modesto Christian High. He was the team's MVP. He was also the Trans Valley League offensive MVP, MVP, second team All-State, first district, whatever. And you can go through his stats. I mean, it's just unreal. 31 touchdowns, six interceptions. Um set the school single-season record for passing yards, passing touchdowns, passing yards per game. Uh, You know, he had one game where he threw for 384 yards and six touchdowns. Like, he was the number 14 nationally ranked quarterback coming out by ESPN and National Honor Society member, played basketball, football, all those things, and his family very humanitarian-minded. Whenever he's 14, he took a trip to Uganda, um, which kind of – Changed the way he saw things, and when he was in college, he went back to Africa and served on some more uh, mission trips. So he's somebody that cares, somebody that works, very intelligent for sure. He chose to go to Indiana, and, man, he got playing time right away. He's one of three players um, that started for Indiana as a true freshman uh, in the history of their entire program and came on, you know, all Big Ten freshman team, um, all those things, sophomore year. You know, he came out academic, all Big Ten and started pretty much every single game with 21 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, His junior year, again, academic, all Big Ten, every single player. Man, it seems like as we go through this roster and you dive into each individual player, if there's one commonality, intelligence is key. This coaching staff wants smart players, and it just, man, I I could just pull string doll, you know, (laughs) academic, all big, whatever, every single player we go through. Junior year... Struggled a little bit. Um, He had six touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, had suffered a season injury, shoulder injury, ended his season. And then, you know, that year coming back, probably one of his biggest years, whenever you're looking at his junior um, to senior year, he went and... Helped Andrew Luck, um, uh, <laughs> you know, work with his uh Big Ten kickoff luncheon. He helped, he was a camp counselor at the Eli Manning and Peyton Manning camp. Uh, he just it, everything started to change, went and you know, toward Africa, things like that. And he came out and just blew it up. Uh, led the Big Ten in passing yards per game, uh, passing yards, total offense, total touchdowns, had 27 touchdowns. Um, he he just, he killed it. It was absolutely incredible. And, you know, that's what kind of vaulted him up his 2015 senior year. He was on the Maxwell Award, Johnny United's Golden Arm Award watch list, all these things, six-time game captain, all academic, whatever. I mean, you can just go on and on and on. And whenever he left Indiana, talking about Sudfeld, he owns almost all the record books. Um, again, if you're just looking at Indiana passing quarterbacks, first and passing touchdowns with 61. Passing yards over 7,000. Um, six 350-yard games, 11 300-yard games. He just let it up. I mean, I, I've got a whole list here. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on and on. This He dominated the Big Ten. With a school that's not well-known for kind of what they – do offensively. I love the Indiana program. I really, really do. But it's kind of hard for Indiana to compete with those bigger Big Ten schools. And he was able to do that. Now, let's look at his athletic profile heading into the NFL draft. He's huge. Uh, six foot six, right? Top 95% of quarterbacks. 243 pounds. He's lost some weight since then. 34 and a half inch arms. I mean, golly, he's, he's tall. He's long. He's big. And so... it If this was the 1980s, this dude would have been a first or second round pick. But it's not. He's not mobile at all. Ran a 4.9340, 7.423 code, and a 29-inch vertical. He's not mobile. I mean, with his body and his size, he can kind of lean into things. And so he can maneuver time and get a little bit expanded time in the pocket. But he's not rushing for first downs very often. It's just not really what he does. You know, his two closest... (laughs) This is alarming, but it shouldn't be. His two closest athletic profiles, Nate Sudfeld, Brock Osweiler and Sam Bradford, right? Uh, Those are the type of guys that you're comparing. Sam Bradford was the number one overall pick, right? But again, not mobile. Um, Size and character are by far his best traits. Um, He has a lot of college experience and a lot of NFL coaching and being around learning but never really took a lot of snaps. And so we'll talk more about that in a second. He's an anticipation thrower, strong arm, can make every single throw, deep, short, does show some touch, um, struggles the close – how do I say this? Kind of dump-offs, like I noticed, you know, not the most touch, but he's not like slinging it like Colin Kaepernick all the time, you know, whenever they're close or whatever. So I like him. Doesn't step into his throw consistently. Gets through reads decently. But again, we don't have a lot of film on him. We we really, really don't. So if we go through his NFL journey, it's more the things that you like are the people he's been around. He was drafted um, in the sixth round by, <laughs> was then the Washington Redskins in the 2016 draft. the sixth round, 187. And Jake Rudin was the head coach. Sean McVay was the coordinator. The GM was Scott McLaughlin. So he's been around some studs. He was backing up Kirk Cousins, and then he lost the job to Colt McCoy. <laughs> you know, both Kyle Sheddehead guys, right? Um, and so they, they waived him, and whenever that happened, the Eagles picked him up. And so they picked him up in 2017. He won a Super Bowl his first year with the Eagles. Now, did he play very much? No, he did not. But Doug Peterson loved this guy. Um, You know, uh, talking to Eagles fans, they have nothing but positive things to say about Nate Sudfeld. But he was behind Carson Wentz and then Nick Foles. And he never really, he did win the backup job eventually, but just again, never really got in. Uh, Did have a season-ending broken wrist. Back in 2017, it just kind of bounced around, bounced around, bounced around. I mean, stayed on the Eagles, but never really got playing time. Then he gets cut, uh, comes to the 49ers, and the 49ers signed him to a one-year deal last year. He was released and brought back. Um, You know, didn't really do much. Kyle Shanahan did him a favor, bumping him up to the active roster so he could get paid at the end of last year. Basically said, hey, man, we want to get you some extra money. We want you here zero career starts for somebody that's been in the league for seven years, but he has played in four games. Um, You look at his career stats, 25 of 37. That's all he's done. That's his entire career. 188 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Nothing, just nothing. But the coaches like him, a very positive person. And they want to keep him around. But what's the role, right? Right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is a backup quarterback. I don't think Jimmy's going to be here for the season. Uh, I think he'll be traded or released. I don't even think released. He'll be traded eventually. But if Sudfeld's your backup quarterback, that's an issue. What is the role of backup quarterbacks in the NFL? It's to basically go 500- For a two to three game stretch. That's it. Get one win. (laughs) If you're going to start two games, get one win. If you're going to start three games, maybe get two wins. That's it. And that's what this guy is. There's still a lot of unknown. He's very well seasoned. He's been around a lot of very quality quarterbacks. A lot of very quality coaches and talent evaluators. And Shanahan loves him. They gave him a one year, $2 million guaranteed contract. So it's not like he's getting cut. I know they drafted Brock Purdy. That dude's got to be on the practice squad. Um, Nate Sutfield. the only way he doesn't make the roster is for some reason they keep Jimmy Garoppolo. And even if that is the case, they might keep three quarterbacks on their active roster. But, that scares me. That does scare me. Um, The confidence level in Nate Sutfield coming in starting more than two games scares the hell out of me. But we have seen Kyle Shanahan work with some very subprime quarterbacks like Nick Mullins. It was average. Uh, all the turnovers, whatever else. I don't think we'd get that from Sudfield, but we don't know. Um, you know, you look at C.J. Bethard It never really worked out, but there were some flashes. I think that's what you'd expect with Sudfield. It'd be very stressful watching him start many games. He's probably going to be in the bottom five or ten of NFL backup quarterbacks. And so that's scary to me. Now, do I want him in the quarterback room? Yes. Do I want him around Trey Lance? Yes. Does he have a knowledge of this offense and of the NFL and defenses? Yes. Has he ever put it into practice? No. 37 career pass attempts in seven years. That's not what you want. But Shanahan believes in him. And we'll just have to see. But yeah, if he's stepping into games, whew. Um, you know, it not gonna be a lot of confidence. But I love this guy, love him as a human, love the traits, love all those things. Just never seen it. And so the 49ers, if Jimmy G does, in fact, move on, which I expect, you're going into the 2022 season with Trey Lance, who's played for 10 quarters, and Nate Sudfeld, who's only thrown 37 career passes. Not a lot of experience in that room. Um, So we'll have to see. Welcome to another edition of the 49ers Roster Countdown. We're at number 47, starting at 90, almost halfway through. We've got a new addition: free agent, defensive end, Kamoko Teray. This is, it's interesting, because I think in retrospect, if the 49ers knew that, you know, Drake Jackson would fall in their lap at pick 61, would they make this signing? Um, I don't know, but this has been... One of the key kind of roster construction philosophies of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan before the draft is we plug every hole, plug every single hole in free agency right before the draft. So you're not dependent or forced to go after a certain position. And if you overload at a premium position, like what we just saw with defensive end, that's okay. <laughs> Allow it to filter itself out again. And when we look at who Kimoko Ture is, it's, it's, this dude needs a biopic, let's just be honest, uh, you know, immigrating from Western Africa at three years old, not playing football till, you know, the end of his junior year in high school, didn't even start the season his junior year, never played football till, you know, halfway through his high school career, and one year later is leading the state in sacks and all these other things, so uh, let's, let's dive in jersey number fifty three Bowman's number uh does hurt to see that, but I get it uh you can't retire every number, but man, I love me some bowman um six foot five two fifty three he's big he doesn't play as big that's not really his strength whenever I watched his film and I'll be sharing with you my pre-draft uh (laughs) write-up uh way back whenever he was drafted he's in his fifth season but we've been doing these you know draft write-ups and all that stuff for so long we we can go back and look at that he's 26 years old he played in Beringer High school, Newark, New Jersey. Right, man. Right smack dab in the middle of Newark. The Fighting Blue Bears of Behringer. Um He was a three-star recruit. Went to Rutgers. Information technology and info. Uh, sorry, informatics major. So dude's got some intelligence and it doesn't take long at all to kind of realize where it comes from. A family immigrated from Guinea um, when he was three years old, didn't play until his junior year in high school. And again, didn't even start, you know, it did go through the off season, like literally joined the team in the middle of the year. He was a three sport athlete in school, basketball, football, track and field. And, you know, the Blue Bears were good he led them to their very first playoff game in 26 years um, was a track and field champ in triple jump and high and long jump as a junior in high school he's explosive so you're talking about somebody at 6'5" 250 winning state <laughs> and triple jump and long jump this dude athleticism for days um and his body was able to support the weight and he's still able to keep his speed he's got a great get off now as I said, his junior year, he joined the team. His senior year, he led the entire state of New Jersey with 19 sacks as a senior. Uh, listen to these stats as his senior year in high school 105 tackles, 28 tackles for loss, 19 sacks. Insane. And then first full year play of football. Like just raw athleticism and kind of what he brings to the table. Joins Rutgers, uh, 2017 All Academic Big Ten. 2017 academic excellence award the team's most elite scholar athlete uh played in the senior bowl in 2018 49ers love those guys um and you know never really let's just be honest he's never really come into his fold um his full potential but he has carved out a niche or a role in the nfl and that's a part-time pass rusher if that is what he brings to the table. Now, he ran a 4.65 40 yard dash, but he had good bend, really good bend. Um, this is my pre-draft write-up of him, and as I go through this, I'm going to throw on some film. Um, you know, I did this on Patreon, so if you want to watch the full breakdown with audio commentary, walking through all that stuff, uh, just go to patreon.com/slash 49 Podcast or Google 49ers and Patreon were the first thing that pulls up um, several breakdowns of the entire free agent class, draft class, whatever else. So if if you want to watch the full thing and pay attention to the film, that's there. And if you're Listen to audio wise, that's okay. Um, You're not missing any of the content that we got. But if you want to check the video out and the breakdown, that's over on Patreon. Now, my pre-draft write-up of him, you know, um, talked about how he only played two years of high school, very, very raw. Went back to back shoulder surgeries his junior year, which really hurt him. Um, and it did seem like he fully recovered from that. Athleticism was always there, but it's a lack of pass rush moves. He doesn't have the diversity. He, he's raw, and so he he never had those three to four moves or counter moves, whatever. He either won early or he didn't win. Um, I said that he was a potential player, somebody could take a chance on, special teams. He blocked three kicks for the Rutgers, and so he's got a lot of potential, Just hasn't been uncorked. Kind of a one to two trick pony guy. That's all that he's shown so far. Um, My player comparison was, uh, I'm going to pronounce this name horribly wrong, Uh, Kamali Correra, right out of Boise State. And I had a fourth to fifth round grade on him, but he went in the second round, number 52 overall. Um, And so, you know, if you look at what he did for the Colts, they drafted him in 2018. He came out only three starts in four years, which... Is not good. But whenever you look at his pass rush efficiency, that's what jumps off the screen. He I was pretty impressed going back through his film for the Colts against the run. It wasn't near as bad as I thought it was gonna be, but he's a pass rush efficiency guy, meaning he doesn't need a lot of snaps and he can still make his, his presence known. So, you know, again, if if just going through kind of what he did. Each year, his rookie year, probably played the most, you know, played in 14 games, three starts, had four sacks, 13 quarterback hits next year, played in four games, got hurt, only had 91 snaps total, but he did have one and a half sack. Um, 2020 played at seven games. He had um, one sack, 115 snaps, got hurt again. Last year, 2021 for the Colts, which is the film I'm showing you now versus the Texans, 13 games, zero starts, five and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, 225 snaps. And so if you average out kind of everything that he's done, he's played in 38 games, only three starts all his rookie year. He's not going to be starting for the 49ers under any situation. I don't care if, you know, two to three different defensive ends get hurt. This guy's not a starter in the NFL. That's not what he brings to the table. What he brings to the table is situational pass rushing depth which is valuable to teams that love defensive ends, defensive line play. The Colts value defensive line play. The 49ers value defensive line play. So he's a fit in the sense of, hey, if you put a premium on this position, he's your guy. And it, you, know, you can go through and talk about teams starting defensive ends, that's fine. But whenever you get down to the fourth, fifth, sixth defensive end, that's what's gonna tell you the depth and the how good a defensive unit is, and the 49ers have it better than anybody. So, if we look at his career starts or his stats, sorry, 38 games, three starts. He's got two force fumbles, one fumble recovery, 12 sacks, pretty dang good. 88 pressures, 22 solo tackles, 11 assisted tackles, seven tackle for loss, 29 quarterback for hits. So, it, you know, I went through basically he averages. 22 pressures and four sacks a year. That's what he has been in a lot of limited time because, again, he's had injuries. That is an issue. And if you just look at his 2021 numbers last year for the Colts, he would have been sixth in pressures for the 49ers and fourth in sacks. Efficiency on a limited snap count. Uh, Again, he kind of averages about, you know, Twenty snaps a game that that's his average and I think that could even go down for the 49ers you know somewhere around that 14 to 17 snaps a game so you've got somebody if you look at just training camp or sorry mini camp and OTAs he lined up almost exclusively with the second team um, at the right defensive end well Bosa wasn't there um, you know so that's going to kind of play into it but that's what he's going to be he's going to be that fourth or 5th defensive end that is just a pass rusher. So if you're in the Bravo group, he he's going to get some snaps there. You're bringing in the NASCAR package, probably not going to be one of the starters on there, but will be the first one off the bench to come in, you know, third, fourth quarter whenever people are tired and they're wanting to rush the passer. So... There's going to be some games where you might not see him very much at all, five to six snaps. And then there's going to be some games where you're playing a very pass-heavy team where he's going to get 25 to 30 snaps. So he's a matchup player, but he gives the 49ers a lot of options and variables that they can kind of spice things up on defense because you're going to need those rushers. You're going to keep everybody fresh. And I think one of the people that are going to be most happy about this is Nick Bosa. You know, Nick Bosa is one of the best players in the NFL, but whenever he's, you know, near the top of defensive end snap percentage, that's not a good thing. If you're trying to make a playoff run, this allows Nick Bosa to get a little bit more breathers and not be so dependent upon one player in the pass rush. Okay. So again, best projection, you know, I've got him, he's making the team. The the contract says he's making the team. I think that there would be people, I think, you know, uh, Jordan Willis, uh, probably going to be behind him. You know, there's lots of different Alex Barrett's going to be behind him, but it always plays itself out. Injuries happen, whatever else. This dude's making the roster. I've got the over under on his 2022 stats for the 49ers at four and a half sacks. So like if, if I was a betting man, that's where I would set the bar because I'm not sure he's going to get five, but I'm pretty sure he's going to get four uh, if that makes sense. And that's that's all you need from him. He does not need to be a pro bowler. He does not need to be a starter. That's not what his role is going to be. His role is going to continue to put pressure on quarterbacks, even if our backups are in. And that is something that very few teams, especially on the defensive line, can say. Um, so I love this. Now, I will say this. Most likely scenario is he plays a lot early. He's a veteran. forty love vets, but might lose out some play in time if Drake Jackson, the rookie, shows out. So plenty of snaps to go around, but how much he does play – Eh, that's going to be up to, you know, how he can kind of hold on to that and kind of keep the rookie at bay. If he gets production early, man, you just slowly bring on Drake Jackson. You do not need to rush that. Um, and I hope that the 49ers are kind of smart with that. But that's Kamiko Ture. I like him a lot. Thank you, Anthony and Josh, the producers of this entire series. And, man, we are getting into some talent. We're at 47. And Kamiko Ture is at 47. That, that says a lot about this team. Depth, depth, depth. We're just going to keep counting them down. Number 46 of the 49ers roster countdown. It's a new addition. Free agent, linebacker, Oren Burks, and, you know, whenever he first did his press conference, welcoming, uh, being welcomed into the 49ers, my inbox and DMs were full with, is that Patrick Willis? Um, I'll show you a clip that we have set aside as we get to know this player and human who is incredible. Um, all accounts, freaking top-notch person. Um, you know, I, I would be willing to argue You know, he's entering into his fifth season in the league and is one of those players that, you know, Walter Payton Award nominee type guy. That's who he has been his entire life. That's who his entire family has been. So if you're one of those people that likes like, you know, good humanitarian stories, this guy's going to be at the top of your list. So linebacker Oren Burks going to be wearing jersey number 48, 6'3", 233. 49ers got a type at linebacker. And if this is your first time joining us for this entire series, all the undrafted free agent linebackers and stuff, man, they fit this mold almost to a T. Everybody but Jeremiah Gimmel, uh, the general. He's he's a little bit different. But when looking at Oren Burks, he's 27 years old. As I said, entering into his fifth season. He played high school ball at South County High School in Lorton, Virginia, just off the Potomac River, um, southwest of D.C., just outside of the suburbs and kind of the city circle, the Fighting Stallions. Um, And he chose to go to Vanderbilt, which, um, you know, he had offers from Duke, Maryland, Boston College and Vandy. So you can already kind of paint a picture of who this kid is academically, Top notch. Um, Now, Orin Spencer Burks is his name. He is the son of Orlando and Wanda Burks. Um, and listen to this. Uh, his young sister, you guys like this one, softball standout player. We're at Stanford. Um, so that, that's kind of where it is. Dad was a systems engineer. Mom works as a program operation manager. And Burks completed his undergrad degree in human and organizational development um, in 2017. Active leader on campus. We'll go through his football career. But I think that this is kind of important, Um, you know, Burks was the president of the student athletic advisory committee um, football representative to the student advisory committee co-founded and coordinated events for revitalizing and empower Vanderbilt's African American male population um, volunteers with Project safe on campus all state national good works team uh, the 2017 wooden citizenship award voted finalist for Vanderbilt's campus wide outstanding senior award I I mean it just keeps going Um, he had a national National story on him in the NCAA championships magazine uh, represented teammates at the SEC media day voted Mr. Commodore in 2017 by student-athletes that's kind of the number one award now okay here we go let's dive into some of the football stuff going back to his days um, in high school two-year t- two captain three-year defensive starter he was a linebacker and bounced around whenever he went to Vanderbilt played three different positions um, named first-team All-State as a senior linebacker, district's defensive player of the year, team MVP. The dude has produced. Um, he had three touchdown catches and four block punts in 2012, uh, which is incredible uh, to say the least. Brought his team, the Stallions, to the state title game. And 2013, his first year of Vandy, he didn't play too much. Um, he, he was a backup, moved to safety, back to linebacker, back to safety. 2014... Finally started to show up as redshirt freshman, started seven games at safety, Uh, (laughs) just kind of all over the place, but he got injured and missed kind of the final few, you know, games of the season. Then they moved him to outside backer, started every game in 2015. In the secondary, moved back to safety. Um, he was the free safety. So he went from safety to outside linebacker to free safety, they changed their defensive scheme there um, and played really, really well. Earned postseason third-team All-SEC, um, topped the team in everything, uh, top 10 with three interceptions. And that was as a free safety. He's playing linebacker now. And the speed matches. We'll get to his athletic profile in a little bit. 2016. Change his position again. They kind of put him as the uh, in-box safety slash outside linebacker, and he was awesome. Uh, played in all 13 games, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, his stats were great. Six and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, um, six and a half hurries, fumble recovery, interception, all these different types of whatever. And then 2017, that's whenever he went to another new position, and that was as defensive captain at the linebacker position. 45 tackles, uh, solo tackles, 82 total tackles. It was all over the place. Um, Now, off the field, um, he continued to kind of do what he did. Listen to all these awards. There's a lot here, okay? Fall 2014, SEC Academic Honor Roll. Check that box, right? All the 49ers players, they've almost checked that. If you want to play for the 49ers and you're not an academic, I don't think you have much of a chance. 2015, uh, third team All-SEC. 2015, SEC Academic Honor Roll again. Um, 2016, SEC Academic Honor Roll. 2016, Vanderbilt Outstanding Senior Award. 2016, Warful Trophy nominee. 2016, All-State Good Works team. Uh, 2016, Wooden Citizenship Cup. Fin- I mean, like, I could just keep going on. 2017, Butkiss Award finalist. Golly, man. Hey, the kid, it's just off the charts. Now. Then he makes it to the combine. Okay, listen to this athletic profile because it's as good as anybody in the NFL. Height six three. Okay, that's top eighty eight percentile of linebackers. Forty time four point five nine. Top eighty one percent. Three cone six point eight two. That's faster than Debo. <laughs> like this dude is shifty shifty. Top ninety percent of linebackers. Vertical thirty nine and a half. Dude jumps out of the gym. Ninety percent of linebackers. Broad jump one thirty one. Ninety seven percent of linebackers. Just his athletic comps, not his play style. If you just compare all those height, weight, speed, 43 cone, all that stuff, his two most common player athletic player comps, Von Miller and D'Amico Ryan's. Um, so it like kind of puts you now, is he that caliber of player? He is not. This is a special team slash backup reserve linebacker, but the athletic profile and build of this man. Von Miller, D'Amico Ryans. So put that into perspective, how he tests, how he does, all those different things. Um, it just it just builds. Now, uh, my notes on his play, first off, insane versatility. And he's kind of a tweener because his metrics say safety, his body say linebacker, and he's in between. But the 49ers love that. They have so many of those converted safety to linebacker guys. Marcel Harris, DFF, um, the other safety that they brought in from Alabama last year. His name's fleeting me, but they love those types of players. And so pursuit is probably what he's at his best at, playing laterally, You know, flying sideline to sideline. The dude's he's got a boost button, and it seems like it's going all the time. Special teams ace, that's where he's going to be um leader everywhere he is on and off the field my biggest issue with this game is the power run game when it comes right at him that's probably his weakest point and something he's got to he's got to improve on um you know that's one of the things that's an issue he was drafted in 2018 in the third round pick 88 by the green bay packers and never really came into it i'm just going to be real um they select him in the third round and he just never caught on. He really, really didn't. He finally got his chance to start and he injured his shoulder in pregame warmups. And so he had to wait a little while, then finally come back, all those things. And if you look at what he was able to accomplish there, played in a lot of games, only seven starts in four years, though. And so, you know, his his numbers aren't bad but they're not great either. They're really, really not. If you just look at total tackles, his rookie year, 24 total tackles, sophomore year, you know, second year, sorry, in the NFL, 11 tackles, third year, 21, last year, 36, um, you know, two fumble force, one fumble recovery. It's been all special teams. That's really what it's been for him. He started seven games, played in 59, logged 1,175 special team snaps in his time in Green Bay. He's a special teamer. With linebacker upside, um, the athleticism's there. Those things are great. Really, really are great. And so, like, that's what he's going to be bringing to this team and to the community. Uh, Here is a clip that I want to show you. I think it's only about 30 seconds or so. uh, might be a little bit longer. But uh, where he talks about what he did in the community in Wisconsin and what he's wanted to do here in San Francisco.
0: Yeah. So me and my wife were actually on the board for uh, the Sherman Phoenix. There is a uh, entrepreneurship hub in Milwaukee uh, and they help uh, black owned uh, businesses. There's, I think there's 27 businesses that are running out of that hub. Um, we just provide resources for them uh, to kind of get on their feet and empower them to make a difference in the community, uh, providing jobs and all those things. So, Uh, We we sit on the board for that super excited about things to come we just hired a new ED and things like that and uh, just for me I've always been about community so like wherever I'm planted, I try to make an impact whether that was in Nashville with Vanderbilt or in uh, Milwaukee or the greater Green Bay area so um, we'll continue to do that as I'm here in San Francisco.
2: I'm pumped, man. It, it, it's fun listening to this guy's story. And yeah, it sounds, looks like Patrick Willis, uh, which is comforting. Uh, very, very comforting. It, 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 that's how I feel. Now, the 49ers brought him in March 17th, uh, 2022. They signed him to a two-year deal, but it's not really a two-year deal. It's a two-year deal, $5 million, you know, whatever. That, that's the actual terms of the deal, $2.4 guaranteed, but the signing bonus—they added three years of dead money onto it. What's that mean? Spreading out the cap hit and basically forcing—he's got to be a lock to make team. You don't cut him with the guarantees and the signing bonus that he got. Um, but he's being paid like a linebacker. Now, why is that? If you look at what is out there right now and what I expect for him to do, you know, this year. He's going to be like a special teams captain probably, okay? Um, leader on and off the field, we've documented that. But where does he fit in the linebacker rotation? Because he played all three linebacker spots all through camp. Does that mean they haven't found a spot for him? Or does that mean he's the primary backup for all of them? Which I think is a strong case. Because if you remember, Aziz had not one, but two off-season surgeries. So Aziz Alshire... I'm not sure he's going to be ready when the season starts. I really hope he does because if he is, 49ers have the best linebacking group in the NFL. I don't think it's close. But that number three linebacker spot's open right now with Aziz in question. And so if that's the case, I think, you know, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, one and two are locked up. I think even if Aziz comes back, you guys know me. I've documented this completely. The 49ers love Greenlaw. So I think he'd be the number two. If Aziz is out, now you have a fight for that number three spot. DFF who I like a lot, the 49ers like a lot, and Oren Burks. Now, that's for this year. This whole countdown is predicated upon biggest impact and best players for 2022. Now, if we look at 2023, that's a different story, and that's why I brought up that contract in all those dead years because it's quite possible, and this doesn't really affect this year's countdown, didn't really go into the metrics there. He could be linebacker two next year because DFF Z's and Drake Greenlaw, all expiring contracts this year. All of them. Fred Warner's still locked up. But if you're just looking to 2023, right now Oren Burks is probably going to be the number two linebacker. Now I think they'll bring back one, if not two of those, but that's up in the air. Contracts get weird, injuries, all those kind of things. This seems to be a very similar signing to the Emmanuel Mosley deal a few years ago, where you sign them on a cheap deal for two years with the hopes that he becomes a cheap spot starter the following year. Um, so it's something to keep in mind, uh, something to look at. I think eventually, you know, what the most likely scenario is this year, special team stud and the backup linebacker for all three. So if you know anybody goes down, he steps in. DFF might have something to say about that, but that number four to five linebacker spot, I think they're it's whoever wants it the most. But because of Izzy's injury, that makes it a little bit more interesting. I love this man. ain't going to lie. Character off the charts. Off the charts. Excited for the community. One of those people that just makes me proud to be a 49ers fan. Proud to allow my sons to wear these jerseys and all those things because they make a difference on and off the field. Um, And I'm hoping to get some more press conference time because, man, I ain't going to lie. It feels good watching and listening to somebody like Patrick Willis uh, just be out there. So that's Oren Burks, number 56 on our roster countdown. I want to say shout-out to Josh and Anthony, killing it man um the producers of this entire series and man we're just going to keep counting them down we're at 46 this is the halfway point um we started at 90 if you just joined us on this series go back check out the playlist on youtube you can see 90 all the way to 46 and we're just going to keep going all the way down to number one